0: Hi, you guys, and welcome to Radcast. I am Elise Snipes, host of today's podcast, and today you're going to be listening into a special conversation with my friend and colleague, Jordan Held. Um, Today is, um, I'm just going to say it, today you are lucky to listen to what Jordan has to say. Um, he He is a deeply important person, in this world and what he has to share is crucial for all of us so without further ado welcome
1: i'm happy to be here um yeah so my name is jordan held Um, i'm a licensed clinical social worker in the la area um gosh i mean my, my world to where I am today has been like that, like beautiful, chaotic, winding road that like, if I was looking at my life as a kid, on one hand, I'd be like, wow, Jordan's amazing. And on the other hand, I'm like, that's exhausting. I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Two hands. Oh, look, intersection, <laughs> right? The intersection. Um... You know, I, uh, the majority of my my career, um, I've, I've had two, I would say, like, two separate career lives, right? But actually, they have a lot to do with each other, um, you know, and it's it, it woven into that. I think this is where we're going to get at, Elise, is that everything is woven together in different ways. We can't really separate parts of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, growing up, athletics were always my my thing. They saved me. I loved sports. Um you know, I um I got into uh this this dynamic where I was very good at academics, I was very smart, I was good at sports, and I was really unhappy.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um important context for the this conversation is that I'm a I'm a queer trans man. So I was assigned female at birth. And um, you know, I uh, I was a division one college athlete. I was on a rowing team at university of Connecticut. It was awesome and grueling and all the things. And you know, within that I was suffering and I was like, what is wrong with me? Like I have like, by all means, like I have everything, um, that I could want sports, academics, family, Eh, sort of family. That's, that's (laughs) another,
0: that's another
1: podcast. Um, you know, and something wasn't right, you know, and I struggled with a lot of the things that like I work with teens and kids on today. Yes. Um, I'm primarily, uh, um, just for, for, for context, I work mostly with young people, Um, you know, some adults though. Adults are too hard for me. I like kids, which I'm the only one that says that. Everyone's like, "What's wrong with you?" (laughs) I'm a family. I'm a family therapist, so I work. I work with families. The more complex, the better. (laughs) (laughs) But, 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 but back to like the story. Like, you know, I I worked in in schools for about a decade. I did athletics, health and wellness curriculum development, and coached. and my identity was as a female athlete. So this is like a super complex, nuanced thing. Yeah, yeah. So like my whole life was built on like being a strong female.
0: <laughs> I know. I ball, I I a, it's yep. like, <laughs> because I, how I know you, and I'm thinking like, like talk about the complexity and the woven and the two hands and my identity was that of a strong female. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah keep going. Thank you, Jordan.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, at some point I was like, I, I, I at one point I came out, this is funny timing because yesterday was, you know, national coming out day. And mm-hmm. I actually, um, was thinking about it a lot, um, based on what's going on in our world and yeah. Um, yeah. my life and how we all come out so many times over yeah. our lives.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. so I finally met a, um, I finally met a trans person. Um, I'm from Boston and I lived the majority of my life in Boston. And although everyone likes to say Boston is a liberal city, we are not always, you know, as woke as we think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so I met a trans person and I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I think that's me.
0: Um, Can you the- sl- slow <laughs> yeah. on that, that that's the first time in your life. I think that's me. Mm. Like. Did the earth shift? Did you land in your body? Like what happened in that moment?
1: I don't think I landed in my body. <laughs> I think the earth did shift. I think it was because I have to give you like an age context to this that I was like probably 28, <laughs> right? So like a full-blown adult, you know, I was literally,
0: yeah, 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 28.
1: Yeah. I mean, talk about like, I don't think I've ever even said this talk about like a crisis but I mean yeah kind of like a crisis I I worked at this very prestigious um New England um there was an all-boys school and an all-girls school and they shared the same campus but I was over mostly with the all-girls school as you do. Yeah was one one. I was one was, was one. Word. So <laughs> I I think that um and I remember this very specific time when I was like oh my goodness like I I don't I don't think I'm in the right body. And I, we had as faculty members, we had to wear um, like the stereotypical clothes. So, I mean, important context, this is like New England for you. Like when I went for my interview at this school, they were like, the athletic director calls me the night before and is like, cause I had a relationship with him, like Briar from another company. And he was like, you need to wear pantyhose to the interview. Oh. And I was like, what, what are pantyhose. <laughs>
0: and where would I procure where would I procure these <laughs> I mean it was that level of like wow. you need to like, show up as like a female right quote unquote um that way so- we can spend hours pulling that piece apart but yes proceed <laughs> well, right and, and
1: as okay. though like that's how all females like mm-hmm. need to present themselves I mean right that's an entire three hours yep. there <laughs> um And, 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 and there was this point. So I went to like the headmaster and I was like, I, there was an event coming up and I was like, I can't wear a skirt. Like it's not, I can't wear a skirt. I really want to wear a tie, like the the male faculty members. Um, And he said, and these words are ingrained in me as I do my work. He was like, we're not there yet. And when he said that, I didn't even think about it as much as I do now, however many later years later, 15 years later, or wherever we're at. We're not there yet. Because you know what? We're not there yet. And so with with gender and sexuality in our in our in our country right now. Um yeah. and just hearing that as like, oh my gosh, I finally found who I am. Oh wow, that got crushed. Put it back in the box.
0: Yeah, yeah. like this the risk of I'm gonna just tiptoe a little closer. To me, that's the, the power and the bravery in that and how also the fragiles almost like first bloom, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it felt like it felt like that, like the door opens and then the door yeah. slams on my face. And when I think about it, that slamming on the face feeling was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because it got me out. Um. So this AI. is like the
0: clashing and intersection, yes. right? Where it's like it's like, oh, okay, thank you.
1: Yeah. It it was, it was a, it was, you know, looking back on it, it was a god shot, you know, of like this isn't my place. But what I did know, I worked with middle schoolers and high schoolers. Um, and I loved working with them and, you know, all these kids, they would come to me, you know, we would, as a rowing coach, you go away for like long weekends and stuff. And they would come to me and they would be like, you know, asking me, cause at that time I, I was out as, as, um, as gay and like, you know, my, my partner at the time would come around and, um, there weren't any out gay faculty members, let alone trans. Right. right. And right. so these young people were interested because they saw themselves in me. And it was at that point where I was like, I, and I couldn't really go deep with them because that wasn't my job, right? I was a teacher, I was a coach. It was a completely different world. It's like, I want to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. And it was like at that point where I was like, I know the population that I want to work with. I know what I want to work, you know, on. Like, this is freaking crazy to even think about this at this point in my life, (laughs) but I'm going to embark on a journey of transitioning myself and transitioning yeah. my life, which happened at oh, the very come
0: on, yeah, yeah. It, I am hearing your the relentless pursuit even now. The mm-hmm. like, relentless pursuit of authentic self, come like com- and outside of mask, outside of um, we're not there yet.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's like it's like screw you. We're not there yet. Like yeah. we're gonna get there.
0: Yeah, and I'm here. Yeah, I'm, I am here. Right. So I can, I hear you saying that we're not there yet, but I am a human. I am here. (laughs) And, and don't we see that all the time, right? With like
1: the clients that we work with, with our colleagues, with, with just the, the, the state of things in our environments, like this clash of people saying, no, you cannot identify in this way. No, you cannot do that. No, you cannot embark on that. You know, whether you're trans, whether you're a woman, whether you're, you know, um, mm-hmm. any marginalization, right? It's like, who are you to tell me where I am?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I moved out to LA. I left Boston. I, coast I, to coast. I moved cross country. <laughs> Um, I went back to school to get my, um, MSW and I knew right from the start, right. What I was doing. Um, you know, I was older, so I was able to be very like pinpointed on everything. And, um, you know, I, I, when I was, when I was 30, I started, I changed my name, my, my, my pronouns. Um, I started on testosterone, I then later got top surgery and, and here I am. Um, It's yeah, it's wild. I mean, that to, to even like, you know, abridge kind of that period of time Um, and, 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 and and therapeutically I've navigated through a few different spaces and it all lands at the same time. And like, in the same way of like, how do we protect people who don't have their voices um, don't have their ability to be heard?
0: To know that in your body, though, to know that in your soul level, right, and then to again, like you didn't have to choose that career. You could have decided to stay in athletics, or I don't know, work at a coffee shop. (laughs) You know what I mean? And
1: that sounds nice.
0: I know some days doesn't. I (laughs) mine's a flower shop. My fantasy is flowers. I'm like I'm gonna be there, Um, or coffee. But to think that it's like no, I'm gonna take that. What I know, my own wounding. And I'm going to use that as a, as a container, as a place to say, hey, you can sit here or you can stand here or you can figure yourself out here. You didn't have to do that, Jordan.
1: Yeah, but I, I feel like I did, you know, I think that that was my, you know, when I was a teenager, I struggled a lot with suicidality, with self-harm. I never talked about it with anyone. Um, disordered eating, all of these things that young people struggle with. Yeah. I didn't have someone to talk to. Yeah. Um, I didn't have someone that was like me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think one of the things that I found recently, the power of being not only a clinician but a human who's willing to sit with someone in their experience and just listen, yeah. is like most beautiful clinical work that there is, and it's missing a lot from from this field.
0: Do you want to say more on that?
1: Yeah, I think that one of the most beautiful things about being a therapist is relationship building and teaching people how to build relationships. And there's so much focus in the field on cover your ass, legality, you know, what is somebody gonna is somebody gonna write a bad Google review on you? <laughs> um, you know, especially when I in the work that I do with um a lot of trans teens and parents, yeah. there's a lot of pushback. Yeah. um, And so the role that I like to play is, um, and this is how I combat a lot of people in 2023 with like, you know, working with gender and sexual minority, young people in particular, is like, my role is not to make someone trans turn someone into a queer person. I hear these things. This is why I'm saying it like this This people, people say like, Oh, you're going to work with my kid. You're going to turn them trans. I mean, I I wish I had that power. I, in (laughs) fact, do, I, in fact, do not, I don't get a commission. (laughs) 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 But what I do, what I do know is that like, for sometimes young people in particular adults as well, though, they've never had a person just sit there and listen to their experience. And so I think that, you know, we're so filled with like needing to meet quotas and billing hours and all of these things in like a system mm-hmm. and we lose sight of the fact that we're working with people. Mhm.
0: Mhm. 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 The the pieces are especially around like bureaucracy and like um the bbs and lawsuits and all those things it um it like makes me want to like tear down <laughs> like, brick by brick like any system that would have a say on dehumanizing, right? The work that we do or how human I could be in this room with the human in front of me. It's bonkers to think that there is limitation in how we're able to be in this work for the people who are right in front of us who need it. Right. A
1: hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, there is there is a mental health crisis right now for all people, and I think there are subgroups that are struggling even more, and what always saddens me is that a lot of that could be decreased without therapeutic intervention, mm. right? Like, especially in the school system, you know, here in California, we've got so much money that we could be spending on supportive services, and we don't, Yep. Um, yep. you know, we've got so much parent education that needs to be done. Um, you know, in like a current events kind of model, what's happening now, especially around, um, uh, gender diverse people in schools here in California even is, you know, a lot of backlash around, um, uh, teachers and, and, and administrators being able to hold students' names, their names that they use and not tell parents. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of controversy around that. And what's missing, I always like finding the like, yes, but what's missing, what's missing from the conversation is not that schools and therapists want to withhold from the parent system. What's missing is that we need to build a bridge so that whatever the young person is experiencing, there can be education for the parents and then a bridge to bring the child and the parents together that doesn't exist. And then mm. we wonder, why is there so much backlash? Mm-hmm. Right? We think like, oh, teachers are holding secrets. It's like, no one's holding a secret. We're trying to build safety. Yes, 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 yes. And that same element of safety happens in all in all worlds of, of, of therapeutic experience. It happens all the time when I work with families, really complex families coming out of like, you know, young people being in, in treatment. It's like, Parents and young people just need to be heard and then be able to learn how to talk to each other. Totally. We don't, we don't, we,
0: people don't know how to talk to each other anymore. Totally. Totally. No, absolutely not. No, we hide behind, you know, screens and technology and even vehicles and things that we're, we can be madder there (laughs) or less human there. And then in front of a person, it's like, whoa, I don't even know how to do this now. Yeah, That that part really
1: worries me. I worry Mm -hmm. about that, you know, in the work, um, when I hopefully, you know, bring, you know, a child into this world, like what, whatever, whatever context it is, you know, I don't blame, I don't blame young people for their use of technology. It's their world. Mm -hmm. We had COVID that all of a sudden everyone forgot about, even though it still exists. (laughs) And, you know, the, the fallout of that for young people was extreme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got parents who are, you know, consequencing kids by being like, give me your phone when the phone is the only thing that they have community tied to. Yeah, it's the world.
0: It's the world. Yeah. Literally
1: the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And and so how do we how do we talk about it? How do Mm -hmm. we build that bridge? Right. How do we offer space for the young person to say, I know you have a problem with me being on Snapchat all the time, but I get bullied at school and these people online are my people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is the difference between me being alone uh yeah. with the bullies in my mind, right? How I've yeah. I've ex- accepted those messages or hear them over and over and over again and this is the place where I believe something different about myself for an hour. Yeah. It's a break. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so You know, I love therapy as a bridge to what is happening for somebody that nobody else knows about, what is happening for another person that no one knows about, and then how can we, like, bring those people together to find some of that intersectionality, Mm -hmm. right? The commonality, right? We need to find common ground Mm -hmm. or else we end up in the sociopolitical place that we are today.
0: Yes. This is good. Jordan, I, I'm taking notes. On what you're saying It's for my own like pinging. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, I, I, the the disconnect between children and their parents, whether they're queer, straight, trans, whatever, it exists no matter what. Partially because young people are growing up in a very different world than we did, yeah. right? And, yeah. and and there's a lot of faulting kids
0: yeah you know I go ahead,
1: go on no and I was you know I think that it, it, it there needs to be more understanding of like you know the, the the phrase that we always say of like we say meet them where they're at as clinicians to clients mm-hmm. that's something that needs to happen within families as well within yeah. communities as well
0: yep I when I zoom really far out because I have like an 11 year old who's like kind of going on 14, you know, he's like in a, like I'm in my room playing guitar and my swoopy hair is here, you know, and, and I'm watching already his individuation. So when I, me as parent, I don't see that as a threat. I see, Ooh, he's evolving. Like he's trying to do something here. He's trying to say, I am Isaac. And this is how I Isaac, <laughs> this is how I Isaac in my room. This is how I Isaac at school. And I, I sometimes think we confuse um, the clash as problem versus the clash as the necessary work to evolve into self outside of the family of origin. So I need some clash. I need some friction in order to have healthy and appropriate separation. So, we become the next iteration of mother and child. Mm. So, I get to receive Isaac as a different form of himself. Mm. And if I am holding him to the man he was a couple days ago, even, then I'm not actually open, posturing, allowing him to be him now. So, of course, there's going to be friction. Of course, there's going to be pushback. Of course, there's going to be rebellion. How frustrating, how limiting for someone to squish you as you're really trying to develop your identity and come into yourself. Oh, and I
1: see that even you hearing, like hearing that story of of that's the constant evolution. That's Mm -hmm. the constant coming out. Yes. We as a society, we limit this idea of like coming out to the LGBTQ community. And the reality is we all come out over and over and over again in our lives, no matter who we are. But you know what? We don't talk about that ever. Mm-hmm. There's a path. There is a path that you are supposed to take. Mm-hmm. And when you don't take that path, when you stray from that path, you are doing something wrong. Bad, totally. Right? Like, you know, when kids say that they want to do something that deviates from what a, a parent's expectation, um, they right. are not following that path. Who's who's dictating these paths? Um, it's right. that's such a beautiful, like, parenting moment to be able to have... Probably what are a lot of emotions from you as a mother of like, oh, my goodness, like my kid is doing all of these things, probably anxiety, probably nerves, probably some fear. Um, I could go on and also being able to watch that and be like, hell yeah, look at my kid, like finding their path, right? Yes. Their their truth, whatever that is, even if it is separate from mine.
0: It must be. Hmm. (laughs) It must be. Because, I mean, existentially, right? We we are all we have. He is, he is alone mm. in, in this world. My hope is to be his sojourner. And if, developmentally, if I confuse that he is still connected to my umbilical cord, right? Then there will be some massive cutting. There'll be some massive, like, I will burn this down now because I can't be here anymore. So there's a sense of like, I think if if I could allow enough space and enough closeness for for my children to explore edge, the edge of themselves, their edge of their personality, the edge, then it's like, oh, they might not drift as far because they're they're not they're not rebelling against the structure I'm putting in, in front of them. They might rebel against their own structure. They might rebel against what society or culture is putting in front of them. But I hope to be a sojourner. For their their own clash. Yeah. Well, and how is that for you to watch that happen? okay So, I'm inspired. Like I, my daughter came down for picture day today, full glitter dress, full <laughs> glitter jacket, unicorn headband, and I was jealous. like <laughs> jealous of the outfit. <laughs> I what? Okay. So what happened is I thought I went on picture day you're kind of thinking like, this will be my picture in the yearbook. Like this, I will be remembered like this. And girlfriend shows up in her true nature as she is. That's, that's her all day. And it was like, whoa, I have, I've been a blender. Like I will blend into background. I'll be where the least stand thing as a child. So when I watch them doing what I hope that, that I could have, I feel like, encouraged to take it up again myself so I literally went upstairs put on my own glitter shirt and was like I'm also going to the world today Eden (laughs) I see that glitter outfit and I am here for it
1: (laughs) but you said something that really struck because that is where the intersectionality comes like come as you are Mm
0: -hmm.
1: okay so which probably is the opposite of we're not there yet right it, it's the opposite of being able to put on a unicorn hat and the glitter and everything and also um just like come down and be like, hell yeah, it's picture day. This is what I'm wearing. I'm rocking. <laughs> totally, it totally.
0: It's very it
1: is very much the opposite of um the assumption that uh traditional gender roles of you know, boys wear a suit and tie, girls wear a dress or a skirt, and we will not we will not cross pollinate you mm-hmm. right. mm-hmm. will not do that that is bad right and that and 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 that is bad to be authentic that is bad to be yourself these are the messages that kids take in because that's what we always forget right as adults is like you know when I work with 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 older adolescents or adults who are who are, who are gender diverse you know and they're just coming out Mm-hmm. to kind of like a gender timeline similar to what you would do in you know a narrative exposure therapy kind of yes deputy, yes right? and, love that and, and you trace back like all of the like earliest forms of like yeah I didn't really fit in in my body I didn't really fit in in my life and what you get to know is yeah someone might just be coming out now but there were clues
0: mm-hmm. right
1: for example mm-hmm. like when I was in middle school and high school I literally slept with a sports bra on Every single night, yeah, because I didn't know, I didn't know why my mom would always be like, You need to take that off, you need to let your chest breathe. Whatever moms would say, Isn't that funny? Yeah. Totally, I'm like, I'm like I am oh. still breathe. Okay, cool. I yeah. <laughs> you know why is that thing that's said. Um, and 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 looking back on it, I'm like, Oh, those were early elements of chest dysphoria, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, and that was just one thing from like my life where it wasn't until I was out of it and into my body that feels more comfortable and right that I was able to look back and be like, oh, no wonder why every time I had to put on, you know, a dress or a skirt, I literally cried in my room for two hours.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And and to then to be able to breathe now, to be able to trust yourself now and to be like, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> and at
1: no point, at no point was anyone like, hey, do you want to just wear pants? Hey, what would it look like to wear a tie? That might be cool. There are all these cool patterns, and mm. that's the beauty of where kids are at now. We're different than us, and it actually doesn't matter if they're queer, or trans at all. At all, right? This, this cisgender straight kids are playing with their gender expression, and that is really beautiful. Right. Like, it's really cool when like, you know, a little boy walks around wearing like his sister's Elsa dress like that's adorable. That doesn't mean that they're like, you know, not conforming to gender roles. Like okay. that just means that they're they like the dress.
0: That it could just be what it is. Uh, yeah. Play, imagination, trying it on um, being something else for a moment. It's role relief. You know, I know we both work in like in like a psychodramatic work. So it's like, oh, like, oh, what a relief. I get to do this for a bit. You know, there's just something about also like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Well, who gives a fuck? And
1: wouldn't it be nice? You know, when I work with a lot of like dads of, of 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 it's so I love working with parents and doing parent coaching, especially with 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 dads. Usually, and they usually end up being like girls, like I was, like disaster thirteen year old girls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I work with trans kids, and then like anyone from out of the movie Thirteen. <laughs> That's like my. <laughs> That's like for, please it's a everyone. weird. It's a weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really weird couple of niches that I've gotten myself into. But it but when you hear my story, it tracks. It's like mm. Jordan of the past, Jordan <laughs> Um, no one would ever get it, but they can listen to this and you understand. Um, you know, and but there's so many adults, specifically guys, who really struggle with I can be solid and and stoic in my identity, and I can also explore who I am. Mm. and that limits us, right? That limits us as people, right? I love when I see, you know, parents embracing their kids' weirdness
0: mm-hmm. right yes. it's yes. amazing. It's a beautiful thing. yes, yes, it is. and 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 this is maybe even back to like how as parents. Um, we want to hold our kids in a specific uh, developmental state or in a, at a level of safety, and all for good reasons. It's not there's nothing malicious here in the um, preventing true expression. Um, but similarly, when I watch my children do what they do, be in their freedom, they're weird. They're just they're you know I I mean I'm tickled by it, but well, because it's because it's me. But when that goes into the world, and the world isn't there yet, okay, then comes again my invitation to that rub. Am I going to ally my children's right to themselves, or am I going to say, hey, there, the world's not there yet? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, 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 the, the, your, the kids in your class are going to make fun of you if you keep your nail polish on. Oh, yeah. it's like. So it's it's an interesting also invitation to my own expansion. And I think this to me is the give and take of parenting is I step back, they step forward. That causes me to have to, to also expand. Okay. They're going to keep going. Okay. I keep going. There's this real interesting pace that's set as they evolve. And I get to evolve as a parent or human alongside them. I love, and that's the evolution, right?
1: Because what that does, that makes us as the adults and as the parents introspective of like, What's our internalized shit? Right? Mm. Like what are we? What are we coming in with? How were we taught
0: to show up for picture day? Uh, oh my god, Jordan. I'm gonna I don't you understand. Do you they're like do you remember the lacy dresses with the puff sleeve and the bib? It's the white lace <laughs> bib for me. Okay. Right. I look like a pilgrim. I'm a pilgrim on picture day. <laughs> <laughs> like literally no one should be wearing that dress. <laughs> Ever. And Anne had to wear it the whole day. Right. I
1: like, really what would you have worn
0: on picture day? Looking back, what would you have liked to wear? Well, I for sure would not have wanted my hair brushed. There's an element of like that always felt like so like don't tame me. Um and I think some form of like leopard print, like some form of like um with mismatch like like shorts and maybe mismatched socks, like something like like I'm just here. Yeah. I'm just here. Yeah. Yeah. I would have love-
1: loved the all glitter moment too though. <laughs> totally. But like, isn't that an interesting thing to even look back on something like that? Like, how have we been tamed? Mm-hmm. How have we been tamed out of
0: our expression?
1: <sighs>
0: yeah. That I had to lean back in my chair because there's something about that too. Just expression, whether that be just visually, what I'm showing you with my clothing at the at the bare minimum, right? To am I also using my voice? At what point did I, do we lose touch with what I'm allowed to say? Mm. What am I allowed to think? What am I allowed to feel?
1: Well, when society dictates, especially for who for people who are assigned female at birth, there's a lot of like dictating of like, you don't have a choice. Right, you don't have a choice. So you have to, um, you have to do what I say, right, like you have to mm-hmm. do what I say. I'm, I mean, we could go off into so many diff- different directions. this, Right, but I think the reality is like, the expression part is where we today as adults and parents need to do better at meeting our kids where they're at, mm-hmm. is you know, I recently read a study just about California and like the amount of kids that are, you know, gen- gender expressive in some way. Yeah. Um, when all that really means is like being comfortable, like existing outside the binary. Whether that mm-hmm. is wearing your unicorn hat for picture day, right? Like, it mean that their gender identity is any different. They're the they're the same kid, but we mm-hmm. minimize expression because in our society we think that anything deviating from the 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 norm, quote unquote, is. Mm-hmm. Um, going to lead someone down a path that is not great. But what we don't realize is that like the path that that leads down is actually just conformity. <laughs> right. And how boring is that?
0: <laughs> and then rebellion. Cause that's the yes. thing. We don't, we, we, we don't stay in that box forever. Right. We can't, it's either that or death. That's what happens. Well, and that conformity is
1: actually like spot on because then what happens is that kids will do teenagers will do what they want anyways Correct. which is what we historically always done. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have our our support system by our side. Right. We can get hurt. Whereas the alternative is, wow, you want to wear that, like, you know, glittery dress to your picture day? That's so awesome. Can't wait to see those pictures. Right.
0: Oh, I had her walk out. I was like, yes, queen. Okay. Take a walk. Take a walk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Great. Because like, can you imagine if you show up as yourself and then you're celebrated? Wow, what would that be like, though? That, I mean, <laughs> but but you said that and I was like, oh wait, novel concept. <laughs> <laughs> novel concept as experience. Somewhere we know it out here is like, yes, we would like that on Instagram, right? But like to actually to have that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then we need to be okay with seeing the fallout of that in terms of people who don't understand who are actively trying to shut down people's individuality
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and that's mm-hmm. where
1: as adults we need to show up as fierce fighters mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to conformists
0: yes right? well you said to me about teenagers and i think it's important again like their work is rebellion and their work is non-conformity their work that's their hatching you know it's a really crucial time for their own coming out and so it's it's a sensitive time it's why it's so angsty you know it's like it's, it's, it's like friday the 13th every day <laughs> teenage and boys. that's
1: scary and i think like where i empathize for parents a lot of the times is that like you know it's scarier now because there's more access you True. know but at the same time it's actually beautiful because there's more access Right, because we went to seek things out when mm-hmm. we were their age, and now mm-hmm. it just exists.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is like again, like part part of making um like the covert overt. It's like if we can say that, hey, that's actually less scary. You actually have more knowledge of where your kids are than our parents ever had any clue about where we were. Um, there are they there's more, and instead of making it all taboo, it's like, hey, yeah, this is all here. How do I partner with my child in this? How do I stand next to them rather than across from them? Like, like, what does it look like to receive this generation as like, Hey, this is also for me. This, We are not against each other. How would our parents be pretty happy?
1: novel? That would be a novel concept, right? We are t- with each other. We are not against each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And, and, yeah. and. And that is that is the work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Right? So how do we bridge that gap between being against each other, mm-hmm. whether it's people in a, in a family unit, um, as individuals, you know, at school, at work, um, and how do we yes. understand where each other's coming from, their unique experience, which, by the way, does not need to detract from your experience.
0: Mm-hmm, 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 correct. Mm-hmm. It, this is something too that's interesting, and I think if I like. So some simple ways I do this, I literally will, will go shoulder to shoulder with my kids for conversations instead of um, standing directly opposing them. Even just in a simple of like, I am with you in my body. I'm not even saying anything. I'm just showing you I'm next to you. And then we'll ask about their day. Then we'll kind of get into the grit, you know? And if, if they understand that I'm their side partner, you know, I am not in opposition to them, something shifts. But the other thing I thought was, then I want them to actually, they are going to rebel against something. There is a box they will be coming out of, period. It will be my box. It will be my house. It'll be my, what I set down. But it'll also be the cultural norms that they need to rebel against. And there's an element of like, which, where are they going to rebel against first? What are they going to, and what do they need to learn in my house in order to rebel against the structures in the world that they need to rebel against. I want their voices out there as rebellious children that are saying, we are here now. (laughs) So I want them to learn how to rebel well and for just cause. And if that means that we have to figure out how to do that in the context of our relationship, then I want them to know how to stand up for what's right to them. I love that, just the idea
1: of like rebelling well. Right, I mean, hell yeah, right. Hell yeah. We we we, we want to teach that, but unfortunately, and look, a lot of it has to do with stuff outside of our control and safety and fear and all of that. But that's precisely why we need to teach our kids to rebel appropriately, right? Like, yes. what does that look like? That that yes. is. A, that is a very gray area. That is a very overwhelming space. I don't expect parents to just understand how to do that on their own, right? Like, how can you allow your kid to navigate something and also make sure they are safe, right? That That is not easy. Mm-hmm. And kids usually mm-hmm. want their parents to be on their journey with them. Mm-hmm. When they're not on the journey, there's a disconnect. There's a mm-hmm. reason right? So when a young person is shut down and when a young person is not bringing in their parents to anything, it's because yeah. they do not feel like they can.
0: Totally. Jordan, totally. That's, I, I completely agree. And I think even now I'm still a child, right? Even to my parents, right? I'm like, if my parents could figure out how to still come back and, and help it, help me out, I would be like, yeah, please. I would love for you to be a part of this. <laughs> So it doesn't even matter how old how adult the child gets. there's uh, there's still that parent dyad where it's like, hey, we want you a part of this journey. Can you figure it out enough to get here? Yeah, because I'm my journey's not stopping. I'm not I'm not I'm no longer uh, gonna go back to there. And that's the box that we all need to try and step out
1: of, right? Because we all have our own shit that gets brought into all the relationships and all the the environments that we exist in right and and it is not it's not easy and and we kids see it all right kids see it all because we are the models right we are the models and so when we as adults are not modeling um wearing our glitter out to a totally. work
0: meeting totally, totally. Like, kids won't do it either you know mm-hmm. or they'll do it in secrecy Right. And that's again. So then they're taking what could be over and they're making it covert. And this is so then it's like, oh, so now I, what I've just showed you is you have to rebel against me in order to be you. That's the opposite of what I want to occur. You can be you and we can rebel against that we're not there yet.
1: Right. Because when we tell someone that, like, you can't do this or that's not appropriate here or we're not there yet or that's not our culture, that Mm -hmm. is not how we do things here then somebody yep. will continue doing the thing because mm-hmm. they can't not because that's who they are. Yes. They will just do it without support.
0: And we'll when do it we without you.
1: Exactly. A hundred percent. They will find yeah. someone
0: else. Yes. Oh, and this is like, this is an interesting part for children who are also looking for belonging. There's mm-hmm. the book I read, actually read a book called belonging by Toko Pa Turner. And she talks about how your offering needs no explanation. Mm. And how sometimes when I think about even sending my children into a world that will never understand them, because how could they, if they're not a unicorn, how would they ever understand a unicorn showing up for picture day? And it's not Eden's job or Isaac's job or Judah's job um, to explain to people who and how they are. They just get to go be that. And maybe someone will catch on or maybe not. But that's not their job to spend their life explaining or justifying their existence.
1: And belonging is the goal. Right. So like when we,
0: when we talk about like
1: DEI work right now, we have to go beyond the DEI and it goes into the B, right? The B is the belonging. The belonging is, wow, I'm here in this space and I am me. I didn't change anything. Like how many adults, we're talking a lot about kids, but how many adults can say that they have places where they actually belong?
0: This is a lonely world we're in. Well, then I you can see how that will feed a lonely adult without belonging to themselves or others, will want desperately for their kids to belong and will then issue conformity. Yes. If you right. And it's like, oh, so this is why we're here. Right.
1: And Parents often, they force conformity because, mm-hmm. and, it comes, and here's the thing, it comes from a really beautiful space. That's why I love this work. Because one could look in, into it and be like, why Why are you as a parent like telling your kid how to show up? And the reason if you were, if, if you were to talk to the parent, because I want them to, 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 to be okay. I want them oh, to boy. have friends. I want them oh, to yeah. exist. I don't want them to get bullied. We could go on about that. But that's coming from a really good place. And that's where I think sometimes, like, even mm-hmm. clinically, we need to be able to, like, take a step back. And, and, and that's where, like, you need to do your own work, right, yes. of what's coming up for me, why I'm protect, seemingly protecting my child in this way, when really it's actually more about me. Like, what happened to you as a child?
0: Correct. Yes. And that's the invitation thing, right, where it's like, oh, they co- they constantly invite me to my own true expression.
1: Right.
0: No, will I will I accept that? I don't care if I'm 38 or 108. It's not too late. Am yeah. I going to do it? Am I going to am I going to?
1: And we can also teach people too. like it can be a teaching moment of like, hey, at, if a parent's talking to a child and say like, hey, I'm I just want to let you know that people might say something that's not nice to you when you're wearing that when everyone else is wearing something else. Let me know if that happens, right? I'm really proud of you for wearing what you want to wear, right? So you can psychoeducate about like, hey, people might be assholes, but you totally. don't need
0: to shut down their idea. Or become them. Like that's, that's like in my own thinking lately, it's like my rebellion is not to respond in kind. My rebellion is to be joyful and healthy and alive that is the most brilliant form of rebellion is I don't then meet nasty for nasty or, you know, it's like, Oh no, right. watch me.
1: Exactly. <laughs> like, watch me. That's so powerful. I mean, that is like, that is the most powerful of interventions, even on yourself. It's like, watch me do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me one way. I'm going to do the other way. Right. That's mm-hmm. that like healthy rebellion.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm
1: non-conformity yes. right it, it doesn't it's not a bad thing it's not a bad word right we're re- re- rebellious re- rebellious against what <laughs> right like we well, could then, be rebelling against something that is like uh a really like horrible thing right and then we're like making something beautiful right so we can't be we can't just make assumptions totally
0: jordan can you I, i'm Making up that there's going to be people that are like, hey, where do you work? How do I get in touch with you? I need some parent coaching or I have questions about my child or my own, like authentic expression. What, where do you want people to find you?
1: Yeah. Um, feel free to get in touch with me. Um, you can find me at um, just send me an email, uh, Jordan, J O R D A N, at RP Therapy Co. Um, so that's just Jordan at rptherapyco.com. Um, you can just Google me on psychology today. Um, just reach out um if you have questions about anything. Um, you know, just all I really want to say and like Elise, I so am so grateful for this, for this space of really like, how do we cultivate authenticity? Mm-hmm. You know, I love, I love the idea of being authentic. It's so beautiful because then we can create our own belonging and find other people that <laughs> are similar
0: to us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's such a cool mm-hmm. thing to do. It is. And then that's how, that's how culture evolves. Right. Yeah. Cause then eventually someone's going to even rebel against us. <laughs> not, I'm like, I think that's great. <laughs> it's Like, cause then eventually we will be the norm. That's yeah. my hope. And then there will be another generation that's like, well, let's even, let's push that out.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: It's a new element
1: of like teaching the teacher. Right. And that's what kids do all the time. Right. And it shouldn't be punished. It should actually be commended. Right. But that's where like us as adults need to take a step back and be like, what's our shit? And what Mm -hmm. are we putting to our kids?
0: Period. Mic drop. Jordan, I am grateful And even just to say, you could have shown up to this podcast and um, shared whatever parts of your story you wanted. Uh, You could have just shared just professionally about your work, you know, and yet you uh, very honorably also laid down the personal and that doesn't come without risk and that doesn't come without um, rebellion, you know? And so I just, I honor you. I really love you. I'm really grateful that you exist. I'm, I'm deeply moved by your willingness to be visible.
1: Thank you. So grateful for you too. I'm grateful for this space. I'm grateful for everyone who is like, you know, fighting this, this, this good fight. And it's, it's mm-hmm. hard. It's gnarly. Really, it's exhausting. You know, this, yeah. this, this work is exhausting. Um, and we have so many like privileges as well,
0: you know? so thank you, Horace, thank you.